Good morning. So just as a reminder, we light the Christ candle here at Unity, not because of the man that has been called Jesus Christ all these years. We light it because we believe that we all have that consciousness, that Christ consciousness that lives within each and every one of us. And it's that consciousness that we've been talking about, the, the messages from the heart, the connection that we have with one another, the love that is what is the truth of who we are. It is that that we believe is that Christ consciousness. Call it divine mystery. Call it divine power. Call it, you call, we all call it different things. But it was labeled Christ a very long time ago, and we've interpreted it, or we believe that it is that consciousness that we all have and we are all connected to. Now, I want to begin by honoring Reverend Sean. I have been doing this once a month, for many years, and I never thanked you publicly for the gift of being able here to stand up here and share my message. And I'm so grateful. I thanked you one on one, but and it's funny. So many things today have been said out loud that are in my talk. And he, how often is he sitting here? Not often. And I would I was going to say it anyway, but the fact that you're here was like, wow. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> And I also want to thank all of you and all of you out there for showing up to hear what we have to say, to, hear, to be fed spiritually. I mean, there'd be no reason for me to be here if you weren't here, right? I mean, what's the point? I could stand here and talk to the walls, I guess. But thank you for showing up every month, every week, and turning on to Facebook. So... Let's talk about spiritual discernment. Like I said, I'm going to weave in some of the things that you guys have already said today. And it was just so perfect. You set me up beautifully for this talk. So would you agree that we are the light of the world? Yes. Yes. Okay. That means that we shine our light no matter what, no matter who we're going to disturb, no matter what it is, that's gonna ruffle someone else's feathers. Now, who does that? Not me. I know I don't, I like to. As a matter of fact, today is the first time I'm going to a family event that I'm actually gonna do a blessing. And, and, and I'm really nervous, I'm more nervous about that than anything else I've ever done, right? It's a baby shower. But I'm here to say, and of course, everything I say, I have to say because it's what I need to learn, right? It's what I have to learn. So. I'm here to say, don't dim your light for anybody, okay? And I also want to mention, um, many of you saw me wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask as prevention because I have two weddings, two rehearsals, and then I'm going on a trip, and I'm not getting my shot until next week. So I'm wearing my mask as like a, just be careful. Um, but anyway, we all have the light of wisdom within us. And wisdom is the same as judgment. And from that place comes discernment. It comes out of that place of wisdom. Now, Google says discernment is the ability to determine or judge well. Okay? Now, Ernest Holmes says, Ernest Holmes is from the science of mind. He says, through spiritual discernment, we see that we have within us a power which is greater than anything we shall ever contact a power that can overcome every obstacle in our experience and set us safe, satisfied, and at peace, healed and prosperous in a new light and a new life. 
If God is for us, how can anything be against us? Now, I would say that's a little bit more than what Google said. It's a little bit more than to judge well. But somebody mentioned about judging ourselves, and that's the part that I want to talk about today, what we say to ourselves about ourselves and how we can bring discernment into that. Because discernment is judgment with wisdom and love. And that's the piece that I forget, is the piece of love. Making a choice from that place of knowing that I am love, that you are love. That's what we are, period. We are love. And to remember that in everything that we do and say could change our world. Maybe take a moment right now and instead of judging yourself, either figuratively or physically, put your arms around yourself and say, I'm okay. I get credit today for just showing up as I am. I'm better than okay. I'm good. In John 7.24, it says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, what does that mean? Righteous judgment, what does that mean? Well, the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament of John 7.24 says, To trust the guidance from within is to listen with openness and without judgment. When you judge the guidance that you hear, you demonstrate an unwillingness to listen. Mm, I've done that. This unwillingness comes from fear. For your fear to trust guidance without judging is to lose all sense of yourself and your world. In this, you are not incorrect. It is only the fear that misleads you. For you lose the sense of yourself as you see yourself now is to lose your sense of what is false and to gain the realization of what is true. If you hold on to your fear out of a sense of self-protection, you hold on to your unwillingness to embrace the light. You must embrace the light to share it. You must be the light for the light to shine through you. You must be the light. Don't dim your light. Teresa, don't dim your light. Nobody, dim your light. Don't do it. See God. See how God sees. Don't just look at what is on the surface. Know there is more than just the surface. And I had to apply this. Many of you heard me share about last month with my sister and how it was bad. It was, I labeled it bad. I chose to see it that way, forgetting that there's more to her story, that her soul's journey, I don't have the answers to. I don't know why she's here. What I do know is why she's here for me is to remember this, that I don't know her soul's journey and that God's in charge and she's going to be okay, whatever that looks like for her. And I've had so much peace since then. I have moments of being afraid. I have moments when, you know, it's pouring outside and I know she's living in her car. But then I just remember that's where she feels safe. And I'm judging that because I don't feel safe living in a car. So it's really a matter of remembering that we are all connected. And all I could do is love her. Every day now I look at her photograph and I love her and I just say a little prayer for her, 
saying, I know you're doing everything you're here to do. And I see her in that beautiful light and trusting that. Now, things are definitely going a little bit in my way for her right now, but I'm going to just keep on my prayers because I, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. So we have to keep asking ourselves questions. What is yours to do? What is yours to do? How can I serve today and listen without judgment? That's the discernment piece, is discerning what is mine to do and then doing it. It's a great place to be in the process of questioning and not knowing the answer, which is really hard for me because I want to know the answers. That's who I am. I want to know the answers. But some of the questions could be, what brings you joy? What lights you up? Maybe, how can I be like my dog in the moment? Enjoy, right? Aren't our dogs and our cats very much in the moment? And they bring us so much joy. Why not copy them, mimic them? They're amazing. Now, when we go in and we ask, some people say, well, how do I know that it's God speaking to me or it's not my ego, okay? Richard Rohr says, the soul or true self is God's I am continued in me. That part of me already knows, desires, and truly seeks God. Discernment of God's will comes naturally to the true self because here I and God seem to be one. So if you hear yourself saying, I have to figure it out, it's not God. Okay, that's our ego. That's our human mind trying to figure it out. Our intuition and our spirit within, there's no urgency at all in it. There's no, oh, I got to hurry up and do this. I got to hurry up and fix my sister or help my sister, blah, 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 right? It's just a knowing. It's quiet. It's still. And it's going to be there no matter what. It just keeps coming back until we get it, right? Until we get it and remember. Now, your joy might come from cooking. It might be gardening. It might be singing. It might be bicycling, bicycling to work. Embrace that gift. We are all expressions of the divine. It's not the service that we do. It's the attitude that we bring to that service. That's the discernment. You might not like your job, but if you can just bring love and joy to that place, everything shifts. Now, what is intuition? Intuition is that aha or uh-oh moment. It's our Internal guidance system, or IGS. It is an innate knowing that comes from the deep connection we have with that God within, with that Christ consciousness, with that divine power. We all have that direct connection to the divine. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. So how could we not have intuition? How could we not be perfect already? We are made in the likeness and image of God. As we practice right judgment and discernment, we activate and become familiar with the methods by which our infinite self takes charge and expresses wisely. You may hear things like, get out, or check your tires, or go to the grocery store, or start singing. Those are little messages from within, and as we start listening to them, we will get more of them. We will become, not that we get more, they're always there, but we will hear them more often. 
we will hear that little voice. And sometimes it's ridiculous, like turn here. All right, why am I turning here? And all of a sudden there's an amazing tree that I would have never seen. But it gives us the opportunity to tell our intuition, to tell our divine self, we're listening. You can talk to me. So the invitation is, whatever your path is, whatever your journey in life, have you gotten off center? Am I thinking from that place of love? Am I out of alignment with that deep knowing and that deep connection to all that is? I hear people say, I'm not intuitive. Well, that's not the truth. You may not listen, but it's always there. It's something that we have and we get to embrace it. Acting righteously and wisely is discernment without intuition, is discernment without love, it's discernment with just knowledge, right? We have lots of knowledge, right? We have lots of facts, but when we bring in love with who we are and wisdom, that becomes intuition. When you don't know what to do or you're in hard times, tap in, be still, be quiet. I'm here to say I know it's the truth because it's worked for me. And if it works for me, it's going to work for everybody. We all have that direct connection to the divine. You may not know it in this moment. You may not know the answer. But when you stop and listen, the answer will come. And it might not come in that moment. But when it comes, you'll know because you asked. And all of a sudden, there'll be an aha throughout your whole body. Ah, That's the answer. And when it first starts happening, it's pretty exciting. But after a while, you kind of get used to it. You kind of wait for it. You're kind of like, okay, it's coming. I know it's here somewhere. I know the answer. But, you know, you are the CEO of you. You and God make the majority. That's all you need. So the intuition question is, what do I know based on my life experiences and all that entails the good, the bad, and the interesting? What do I know to be true? And give yourself credit for that. You've had the perfect amount of time on this planet for whatever is put into your life. You've had the right amount of experiences, and all these experiences have made you who you are, and you're perfect, perfect, exactly the way you are. You're bold, and you're bright, and you're beautiful. If you are made in the likeness and image of God, why would he or she create something that is imperfect? We are here for a reason. The universe would not be the same without you. Remember, as Kenneth said earlier, we are all here by divine appointment. That was in my notes, and he said it. I was like, wow, wow, because he doesn't say that every week, but we are. We're here today by divine appointment to hear something, one thing, maybe, maybe more than one thing. But we have a reason to be here. The universe would not be the same without you or you or you or you or you or you or any of us. It wouldn't be the same. And we're here in the right, this time, together for a reason. So, how do you know that it's guidance or fear? Because they both come from the gut. Well, not really. So our guidance comes from the connection from our solar plexus and our mind. It's using thought and feeling. Okay, that's guidance from God, from spirit, from that higher self within us. Fear 
comes directly from here and you got to do something, right? Because that's how you just know. There's an urgency behind it, like I said earlier. There's no urgency to intuition. So the other thing that you know that it's guidance from God is if it leads to a behavior that helps me sleep better at night, if it rises in purity rather than in confusion of my feelings, chances are it is a wise course of action. Our prime function to judge is to make decisions from the conscious realm, not from an unconscious or a subconscious realm, from a conscious realm. And that consciousness, as we practice the skill, is connected to that higher self, that Christ consciousness, that love within us. We are here to cultivate this oneness from our, our prime function to judge us to make decisions from that consciousness realm, from the realm of oneness. So that place in us is where we're connected to each other. And it's what, that's what we're here for, is to cultivate the oneness, the unity of all that we are together. So it doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be anything worldly. It's all about how we serve with joy and love in our heart, knowing it's your gift, knowing you are serving God. Go into prayer. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us, right? So go into prayer and ask, what am I to do? I think David said that earlier. What am I to do? What's mine to do? And listen, and you'll be guided. Using wisdom to guide us on the journey to the kingdom of heaven here on earth. This is what willing bring. This is what willingness will bring us into the light and able to share the light or to have it shine on us. So we ask, we receive what is mine to do. We come and give from a discerning heart. And we meditate. We listen to meditative music. We journal. We ask spirit and listen to what spirit has to say and write it down. Now, I was listening to Wayne Dyer and preparing for this, so I'm going to do a little experiment. I want you to all close your eyes and think of an orange. Think of squeezing an orange. What comes out? Does apple juice come out? Lemon juice? No, never. All that com comes out of the orange is what's inside the orange. Orange juice comes out. So think of yourself. You can open your eyes. Or no, you can keep them closed, whatever you want. <laughs> think of yourself. When you are squeezed, what comes out? What I mean is when you're in a tough spot, what comes out? When you're afraid, what comes out? When you're angry, what comes out? If it's anything other than love, you have forgotten who you are. What are you calling for in your life? How are you showing up? What are you thinking? Once again, it's the questions. Discernment relies on principles and feelings, not just facts. Discernment is exercised through a process of questioning, meditating, remembering, and envisioning. Another practice of discernment is to allow the question space to percolate underneath conscious thinking, allowing impressions and images and meaning to naturally arise over time. The expression, live the question, is a good way to describe this practice. So we get back to thinking. Thinking about our thinking. 
we create from what we think about, right? So we have to rewrite the agreements, four agreements, we have to rewrite the agreements we have made about who we are based on what we heard and what we believe about ourselves. Believing something and knowing something are two different things. Believing something is something that we think over and over and over and over again. Knowing something is something we experience on a conscious level. So we have to shift out of what we have come to believe in, that which was handed down to us by someone outside of us, by the experiences or testimonies of someone else in our past. Because it comes from someone outside of you, there's always an element of doubt. I mean, for me, that's why it's the biggest thing to be shine my light in front of my family, because all of the stuff that I believe that isn't true about me came from that place, right? So doubt is what keeps us from reaching our higher levels. Because what we know, what we think about expands, right? So if we're thinking about doubt, we get more doubt. How do we get past what we believe in and what has been handed down to us and still honor these people? Well, we do it by being grateful, knowing that they did the best that they could and saying, okay, I'm in charge now. I want to think differently. I want to see things differently. We have to let go of the tribal consciousness and step into our own knowing. There's a big difference between what you believe and what you know. Everything that you know is what you have made conscious contact with. Nobody knows how to ride a bike by watching Lance Armstrong ride a bike. Nobody knows how to swim by watching Mark Spitz swim. Or who's the more current guy? Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right? It may, it, may, uh, it may remove your doubt, but you won't know how to really ride a bike or swim until you get on a bike or till you jump in the pool and do it. That's when you've made conscious contact with it. There's a big difference between knowing about our oneness, knowing about our divinity, knowing about a sacred awareness, knowing about God, and knowing God. Big difference. Huge. Now, There's also a big difference between knowing about the possibility of being able to heal myself and something that is bothering me, perhaps a disease process, and actually experiencing it. I may believe it because I read about it that others did it or heard their testimonies, but until I have made conscious contact with it and actually healed from something, kind of like what I did with my sisters, stepped away, stopped thinking about her like I could do something about her or for her and trust that she's in God's hands. And I'm not saying I'm completely healed because something happens and I, my knee-jerk reaction is to be afraid and scared and you know whatever, but I come back and remember the truth that I've been told. So everything on this planet has come about as a result of thinking, like Sean says all the time and David, thought makes it so, right? Everything that you see was created by man as a result of thinking it first. The chair, your clothing, the piano, everything was a thought first. So what gets inside of us as a cell comes about as a result of the way we choose to think in our own lives. 
So this is a very important principle to understand because once you get a hold of thinking and that it creates everything that you have in your life, you can change it and make it as perfect as you want it to be because thought makes it so. And it sounds simple, but it's, and it is simple, it's just not easy. Or I don't want to affirm that. Hasn't been easy for me yet, but I'm working on it. So, but remember 99% of who you are cannot be touched cannot be seen, cannot be smelled. 99% of you is consciousness. It's your conscious awareness. It is your essence of who you are. I mean, just look at your body. How many times has your body changed since you got here today? You started out as a baby. You might not have had any hair. Now you got hair. Then you became an adult, an adolescent, and then an adult. So your body has changed over time of getting here, right? Now you might be losing your hair again, to be bald again. But the point is, yeah, there you go. The point is, we've had many bodies along the way. Life doesn't die. Who we are doesn't die. Our bodies die. But the truth of who we are doesn't die. So the, the way the, of being most transcendent is the way of seeing yourself as love and only having that to give away. Let's go back to the orange example. Why does orange juice come out, of, come out of an orange? Because that's what's inside. On our planet, what comes out when you squeeze something is what's inside. Does it matter if your mother squeezes the orange? Does it matter if it's a tool that squeezes the orange? Does it matter if your wife or husband squeezes the orange? No. The same stuff is going to come out. So whenever you squeeze an orange, what you get is what is inside. No arguments, correct? Okay. So guess what? The same thing works for you and me. The same principle works for you. It is a principle of the universe. Someone squeezes you. Someone puts pressure on you. Someone says something you don't like. Someone cuts in front of you on the highway. And out of you comes anger, and out of you comes hatred, and out of you comes fear, and out of you, and I'll say, out of me comes anger, out of me comes hatred, out of me comes fear, and out of me comes stress, because that's what I'm remembering about myself. I'm forgetting the truth of who I am. I have to discern the thoughts that I think. It's a vital principle of a no-limit person. If you have anger or hatred in your heart, it has nothing to do with the rest of the world. Nothing. It only has to do with what's inside of you. Now think. Only as you think. The world is working fine. It is all flowing the way it's supposed to flow. The evidence for it is that it is. Everything is a miracle, including you. It's all perfect. There are no mistakes. And everything that happens to you in your life whether it's a trauma, a disease, winning the lottery, there's a lesson in it. This is where discernment comes. Our thinking of the lessons. Can we celebrate the lessons? You know, when Michael died, it took me three years, but then I celebrated that experience of losing my beloved because it taught me so much. I had no control, right? He was going to die. I, had nothing, I couldn't do anything to stop that. So I might as well, instead of being the victim, celebrate what, I, what came from that. 
we, when we get to that point in our lives where we are not cursing the things that come our way and blaming things that come our way and particularly blaming them on other people as we hear it all the time. I even say it, she hurt my feelings. How is that possible? How can someone hurt my feelings? Our feelings come from our thoughts. No one can hurt your feelings without your consent. No one can embarrass you without your consent. No one can make you look like a fool without your consent. These are choices that come from the way that we think about ourselves. So I'm going to start thinking with discernment and love in my heart about myself and for myself. We all have, so this is the summary. We all have discernment and intuition. Let's use them all together. Stop when you hear yourself, I have to figure it out. Stop immediately. Drop into your heart. Spirit, what is mine to do? What is this here to teach me? Sean says this all the time when you're journaling. Use discernment in your questions you are asking and the answers that are coming through. Be conscious of what you're thinking. Be aware of what you believe versus what you know. Practice being in the silence, prayer, and journaling. I want to say thank you. You are my sister and brothers in love, compassion, and abundance. I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. Until we meet again, remember that you are blessed and a blessing.